This is Andy Perroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined by the head of Sky Sports Boxing, Adam Smith. Adam is finally here, Anthony Crawler's final bout, as well as Katie Taylor's move up to super lightweight. But just on Anthony, how does it feel to know that this is the last time we'll see him in the ring? Well, it's been a wonderful journey for Anthony Crawler, and we've been fortunate enough to, to cover his career pretty much from start to finish on Saturday night. Uh, we did the same with Ricky Hatton, I think, uh, all but a couple were we're on Sky of Ricky's career and um, you know he's had a fantastic ride Anthony he's had a, a lot of ups and downs he's treated every fight with uh, the sort of meticulous preparation and professionalism uh, uh, whether it's a, an area title a British title or whether he fought Vasily Lomachenko last time out so I I just think he's been um, he's been one of the great stars of British boxing one of the sort of unheralded stars um, you know he's He's a lovely guy, as everybody knows, uh, but genuinely um, loyal, um, friendly, and hardworking. Um, and he stuck with Joe Gallagher for a long time now. Um, obviously, he had the, 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 the burglary incident outside of the ring to deal with, the, the draw against Dallas Perez, which was most saw as a complete robbery. But, you know, he carried on, and um, winning the world title against Perez at the Manchester Arena was a very special night when that body shot landed a la his hero, Ricky Hatton. Um, it was pretty special and, you know, he, he'll be remembered uh, as a, a fine fighter and more than that, a fine guy. And I think he'll be a really good addition to boxing beyond uh, his, his own personal career. I think he'll be great with the kids. I think he'll be a fantastic teacher, maybe trainer. And I also think he'd be very, a very good pundit for us on Sky as well. So I think he's got a lot to look forward to, Anthony. But, you know, he's, he's got a fight to win and he doesn't want to go out like... Uh, Unfortunately, Ricky did, and many others do in their sort of final fight when it's all uh, it's all come too late. Um, so, look, he wants to get the win, and uh, let's see if he does. But we hope he comes out um, fine tomorrow night, and he can enjoy a, a wonderful retirement because he's been a great fighter and a great advocate for boxing. During your time covering his career, what's been your fondest memory? I think probably we'd have to say that the left hook that that nailed Dallas Perez and won in the world title was probably like Ricky Hatton's Costas Hugh moment. You know, that was, that was wonderful for, for Manchester, for his family, for everything he'd been through. But I've got other sort of personal great memories of Anthony Crawler, you know, and some are the ones he probably wants to forget when he lost to Derry Matthews for the British title. And, you know, that was a, that was a sort of a real seesaw moment for him because, you know, he could have just sort of drifted away and, you know, never got past domestic level. But, you know, he, he knuckled down, he came back with... Big performances against the likes of Derry against Steve Foster Jr., Gavin Reese, good fighters, you know, who don't get mentioned when you talk about Anthony's career, it's more about Jorge Linares and Lomachenko and, and, and Perez and Barroso. But, you know, he, he had to go through a lot of very, very good domestic fights as well. Um, also going back to his appearance in Prize Fighter again or, or losing to Gary Sykes. Often the, the losses sort of it's how they deal with them, how they can come back and you know, Johnny Nelson, as we know, lost his first three professional fights and lost many during his career. But it's how you deal with them, and it's the education. That's why I think Anthony will be a very good pundit and a very good teacher or trainer uh, in the years to come, because he's experienced boxing at every level. Um, but the good thing is he's, he's treated his opponents with utter respect and treated every one of us with, with, with huge warmth. And, uh, yeah, we'll really miss him. We've seen many fighters over the years, even up until recently, Nigel been announced to come back until his shoulder injury meant, meant that his fight with Saki Obika is now off. But how do you think Anthony's going to cope with retirement from professional boxing? Do you think that urge may 
kind of come back into him and he, that temptation will kind of override his decision to retire? It's a really good question and it's an area that fascinates me when, when not just boxers but any sportsmen or women have to stop. Um, often younger than Anthony, often in their, their teens, maybe with swimming, often tennis injuries or their 20s. But what we do know is that not many sportsmen and women go on beyond you know the, the 40 sort of age so they've got half their life more ahead of them um, so it's all about filling days filling structure having a purpose I don't think it really I mean money's great if you made a lot of money from your career fantastic but you still got to have a reason to get up in the morning um, and I work with a lot of fighters who have recently retired you know Johnny a, a little bit longer ago but obviously Carl Froch, Matt Macklin, uh, George Groves and, and, and others sort of are, you know, around me that actually they sometimes, you know, they struggle. And if they've got jobs, if they've got work, if they've got, you know, real good reasons to sort of be involved in, 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 in life in every way, every, every day and every way, shape or form, then they're going to be successful. And I think Anthony has got a great family. He's got a great support base around him. You know, he's always going to be welcome in, in, in Joe's gym. And he's got a great stable mates, the Smith brothers and everybody else that's been involved in that. Very, very promising stable, that successful stable from Joe uh, from Joe Gallagher. Plus also he's going to have a lot of friends in the media and uh, a lot of friends around the boxing community because he's he's been a good guy and, and he's you know he's not he's not messed anything around he's 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 got on with everybody we've all got huge respect for what he does in the ring but also out of the ring too he had to deal with not only the burglary but he also had to deal with the Kieran Farrell situation too uh, earlier on in his career and uh, you know, he's had a great career. You see the turnout at the press conference yesterday, today at the weigh-in, and I hope that Manchester all come out tomorrow night to give him a, a massive farewell because, uh, you know, we'll miss him in the uh, broadcasting side, uh, but we might get hold of him from time to time. But the fans will miss him fight, and I think that's the, that's the big miss. But to answer your question, I think he'll do very well, yes. My final question on Anthony, Frank Okuiaga. Again, I was going with Frank for now, Adam. What do you know about him and what should we expect tomorrow night? Well, he fought for a European title and uh, you know, he did well in that fight. So, you know, he's there or thereabouts, domestic to European level. Um, Anthony should be too good. He's been a world champion, obviously. Uh, shared a ring with Lomachenko, um, the greatest. So, you know, he should be a, probably a step ahead of him. But, you know, you never know at this stage when he knows it's his last fight. Is the timing still there? We saw Ricky Burns... You know, pushed Lee Selby very close last week, but he, he wasn't quite himself. And I think that, you know, sometimes that does happen. So, you know, you've got to say that Anthony is a big favourite to, to go out in style, probably on, on points. But um, it's a massive, massive opportunity, isn't it, for Frank? For Frank. Are you gonna, is that what you're going to call him, Frank? It's a huge opportunity. Uh, I saw him applauding Anthony Crawler, and, and rightfully so, when he came to the scales. But this is a massive chance for him to uh, get a big name on his record and to uh, further his career, because he's not retiring. On to Katie Taylor. Obviously, you have a chance to become a two-way world champion. Your thoughts on her bout with Christina Leonardo too. Obviously, when I'm, I'm looking over social media, a lot of people still saying they want that Delphine pursued rematch. A lot of people uh, suggesting Delphine was victorious in the first yeah. bout. I had it close myself as well, personally linked towards Delphine. Don't know your opinions, yep. Adam. But yep. again, your thoughts on this bout with Christina Leonardo too. I'll be very honest. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive supporter of Katie Taylor. She's been a Sky Scholar. She's a wonderful ambassador and a brilliant fighter. She's a, you know, an absolute superstar in so many ways, in and out of the ring. I thought Delphine Persson was very unlucky in the garden. And I, uh, I thought it was close. I agree with you. Um, and maybe there was a sprinkling of Irish good charm on Katie 
going home with all the belts. But you know what? She's been a brilliant professional for quite a short period of time. And with Eddie's matchmaking and Ross's training and Brian's guidance and, and Katie's you know, ability to adapt in a ring and utilize her skills, but also engage in a tear up for the, for the love of the fans as well and what she likes doing, I think um, you can sort of give her that one. I felt for Delphine Persona and obviously there will be a rematch down the line. Um, I spent some time with Brian and Katie over the summer in Ireland um, and in America actually with with uh, with Katie and uh, I I was very keen on this fight. Um, I think it was the right fight to, to try and become a two-weight world champion. Uh, Christina is a terrifically strong, powerful and very good champion and it's going to really test Katie but I think she needs those challenges. I think maybe in the Persone fight she thought she, she would win a little bit easier than, than, than obviously what happened and I think that she needs to have the the real bit between her teeth. You know, we know how hard she trains, but this is a step up. This is a step up in weight. We don't know how she's going to uh, uh, fear it at, at 10 stone. Um, she should have the skills to come through it, but is she going to engage? Is she going to fight Christina's fight? Uh, it's a very interesting one. The, the key for me is that she's at, she's on at 10 o'clock, prime time for the Irish fans, for the UK fans, back here on this side of the pond. You know, she's been tucked away at three, four in the morning. It's been, uh, you know, you have to wait up all night to watch her. The Eastern Seaboard has been treated to Katie Taylor. So it's, it's time to have her back. Uh, Brian and I and Eddie worked very hard on getting this fight at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, now Katie's got to deliver. She's got the platform. Uh, as I said, she is you know, the face of women's boxing. She is. Uh, she wants to be remembered as the greatest ever, and she has to be beating the likes uh, of you know the world champions in, in in other divisions to do that. She wants to fight Amanda Serrano. She wants to fight Cecilia Brackers. She wants to fight Delphine Bassone. Trust me, there's a list that Katie's got, and she wants all these fights. First of all, Saturday night, back at 10 o'clock at night, tough fight. Can she become a two-weight champion? And can she just add more to the incredible legacy of Katie Taylor? I think she can, but it's going to be tough. Pick that back up there, just moving my camera. Last thought on this card, which I want to touch on, because there's a few things away from the card I did want to speak to you about. Felix Cash and Jack Cullen, again, your thoughts on that one, Adam? Yeah, it's a terrific fight. It's a great match on paper. I, you've got to lean with Felix Cash. He's got the, the amateur experience. He's, he's undefeated and he's... He's a very strong, capable fighter, but he has had injuries. He has sort of failed to shine on a couple of occasions as well. I think he needs a big challenge, so I think we'll see a really good Felix Cash tomorrow night. Having said that, Cullen has got huge support. He fights like a little Mexican, even though he's a tall guy and he's so exciting. So look, he's going to give it everything and he's going to bring more heat to Felix Cash than Cash has ever seen in a pro ring. Um, can he deal with it? Cash should have the technical ability to deal with it. But um, yeah, don't write Cullen off. This is a really, really exciting fight. And it's going to be great value for the fans on a night where you've got Martin Bacoli in action. You've got a great one with Kez Ashfak and, and his old amateur rival uh, as well. They fought four times, Joe Ham as well. That's great. You've got that. You've got um, Terry Harper, who I'm really keen on seeing whether she can you know, move on into the sort of talk like we talk about Katie and like we talk about... You know, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall we've got coming through. Chantel Cameron, Shannon Courtney's uh, making making waves. There's so many out there now. The women's boxing uh, brigade are firing, and it's great to see. As I did mention to you, there was a few things I wanted to touch on away from this card. Last night, Tyson Fury entered the WWE, victorious against Braun Strowman. Your thoughts on Tyson's crossover? 
Well, it was on Sky Sports box office, wasn't it? I mean, um, you've got to be delighted when Tyson Fury comes on the Sky Sports box office, even if it wasn't to fight or to box. Um, it was ex it was entertaining, wasn't it? It was all good fun. Um, you know, the Undertaker stuff. And look, he, you know, he did it for... Um, he did it for a challenge, for a marketing challenge as well as a physical and, you know, and, and something different. Um, you know, it's Tyson Fury. He always does the unpredictable. Um, so, yeah, look, he's going to have gained a whole load of new fans from that world. Maybe he'll do it again. Um, but I think he's made it very clear he wants to fight Deontay Wilder in February. We're showing the Wilder-Ortiz fight on Sky Sports in a couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. And um, we're looking forward to seeing Fury-Wilder too, because the first fight was, you know, dramatic, contentious, controversial. I thought Fury won it. How he got up off of the, off the knockdown, you know, no one, probably he deep down doesn't even really know. But listen, he's an entertainer. He's a character. He's a personality. That's what we need in the sport. And I'm sure you're going to ask me about next week in LA as well. And that's exactly what, you know, is changing about, you know, entertainment and, and the demographics. And um, I think we've got to be able to adapt to this. So whether it's Tyson Fury, in, in a wrestling ring, whether it's Mayweather McGregor, whether it's KSI and Logan Paul, which, you know, the hardcore might be saying, why are they topping a bill? And, you know, as a fight fan, you know, I, I, I can sympathize with that. But this is what people want. People are demanding this. It's, uh, there's a market out there for, for new things. We've got to change with the times. And uh, in, a, in a sort of weird way, I'm as excited about KSI and Logan Paul as I am about tomorrow night. So, you know. It's, uh, it's going to be a circus out there and it's going to be fun. But they're two bright guys, Logan and KSI. They know what they're doing. And um, it may not be a great fight, but it's, a, it's going to be a great event. Just on the KSI-Logan Paul fight, I actually wasn't intending on bringing it up, but as you have, how do you kind of see the fight playing out? I know some people might not call it a fight, but how do you see it kind of going? It is a fight. I mean, the two of them are turning professional. They've got no head guards on. They've got smaller gloves, and they had a fight already. So it is a it, you know they're getting into the ring. To be honest with you, Andy, I've got respect for every single man or woman that gets into a boxing ring, whatever level. Whether they should be top of the bill and all the other sort of debatable questions, fine. But for me, there's a huge audience that want to watch this fight. That's why they're a main attraction. How the fight goes, it's two novices. Logan Paul has more of an athletic background in wrestling. Uh, I've seen them both train. Uh, he's got Shannon Briggs. He's been working really hard out in California, so I put him a favorite. KSI can punch. KSI's been with the Mayweather a camp. Um, Fidel Riley's been training him. He's a very, very capable boxer himself and a, a good boxing man. So, um, you know, look, it's a, it's a, it was a draw last time. Uh, this time, I think there's more preparation. There's, it's going to be different without the head guards, which probably favors Logan Paul slightly, but KSI can bang. And uh, there's a lot of people in Britain that want to see KSI shut Logan Paul up. So um, let's see. Um, I'll be there with Joe Weller and Gibb. Uh, that's my, that's my, they're my new co-commentators. But Matt Macklin's uh, not too far away from me as well. So uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll be there if I need him. Moving away from LA <laughs> and back to these last couple of days. As I mentioned earlier, Nigel Ben's injury, meaning his comeback was off. What was your thoughts on his original announcement and now the off injury, meaning he can't? I gave him an extra big hug last week on, on Saturday at the show. And my team said, did you, did you make sure the shoulder couldn't work? Because... I don't think anyone really wanted to see it. Um, you know, look, Nigel uh, was a, a legend and uh, a great fighter and has become a good friend of mine over the years. And, you know, I'm very fond of his son. His son is doing his, his, his way, which I like. Um, you know, may, may not have the talent of his dad, but he's certainly got the hard work. He's got the ethic. He's got the natural, 
you know, genes of his dad. He's a fighter. He's got power. Who knows where the story's going to go? I thought he was really good last weekend. So you don't know what level he's going to get to, uh, Conor Ben. But, yeah, I didn't really want to see it. Um, you know, what every individual does is, is, is their business. But, you know, as I said to Nigel, why don't you just, you know, go and run a marathon or, you know, do an Ironman competition or swim the channel or something sort of, you know, jump off a mountain or something, I don't know, maybe, which is sort of a bit mad. But I didn't really want to see it. But, uh, look, I'm glad it's not happening. I think that he can now concentrate on his son's career. Um, and, yeah, as, uh, as the team said, maybe, uh, you know, the hug that I gave him on Saturday. I don't know. Look, it, it, it's maybe it was a really bad shoulder injury. Maybe it was a little bit of him thinking about it as well and seeing his son in the ring and realising it's a young man's game. Also, Patrick Day as well. You know, we, uh, our thoughts are still with his family and friends and the fact that, you know, Lou DiBella was, was, was here with us and then back for the funeral and didn't see the wonderful, wonderful uh, live fight that Regis Progre and Josh Taylor dished up for us. But... You know, it's um, it's a sobering thought and uh, it's a difficult time as well for boxing. So maybe there's an element of that. Maybe a number of combinations, but I think he's made the right call. And this coming weekend, the fight which Sky have picked up on, Canelo Kovalev, one which has got everybody talking about. A lot of people kind of seem to write off Kovalev, seeing that he's past it, etc. What are your thoughts on it? I'm not saying you, but I had a lot of heat for not picking up Batebiev and for Canelo. And I'm saying, hang on a minute, we've got Spence and Porter, we've got Wilder Ortiz, we've got plenty of huge shows coming up match from schedules the best it could possibly ever be at the, this this stage of the year but still you guys want more and i can accept that but there is a budget there is a business so i've gone to see my friends in football and cricket and they've helped me out here and we've managed to get and frank and eddie and everyone's got together and we've managed to land the canelo fight so at late notice and i'm very pleased about that because it gives us a massive double header this weekend you know it's katie here and anthony crawler and all the guys at, and, and girls at, in manchester and then we go over for Vegas for a fantastic fight. Can Canelo do it? He's got the skills to do it. He's got to be the favourite in the fight. He's the more talented fighter. Kovalev slightly on the wrong side, I think, now. Anthony Yard was unlucky not to, to get him out of there. And, you know, he'll come again, Anthony, but uh, I think he showed enough um, vulnerability now in Kovalev's makeup so Canelo can, can act on that. Having said that, the unknown question is always, can he fight up at that weight? So um, it's going to be very interesting first six rounds, but my, my feeling is Canelo will, will move away and uh, take it down the stretch. And a few fights on Anthony Joshua card were announced yesterday. Quig Carroll, Pavekin Hunter. Fight, Quig and, Carroll, yeah, it? <laughs> it's a brilliant it's a fight. fight. It's a very good fight. There's going to be a lot of punches thrown in that fight. Velocity, work rate, we're going to have a lot of fun there. I like Pavekin Hunter too. That's a really good heavyweight match. And, um, you know, you've got the sort of, the, 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 the quick sort of skill of, of Hunter and the rugged aggression of Povetkin, who, as we saw, has still got plenty to offer. So I really like that fight. It's, uh, it's going to be a big, big night out in Saudi on December the 7th. So a lot of operational planning, a lot going into that. But um, we don't really have time to stop because we've got Manchester, then we've got Vegas, then we've got next week in Los Angeles. Uh, we've got sort of a half a week off after that, but it's not really because we're building up to Callum Smith in Liverpool to Deontay Wilder and, and Luis Ortiz. Then we've got Monaco and then it's Saudi. So it's all coming thick and fast. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the look of that, uh, that card now in Saudi. And uh, obviously the big one, we're seeing Andy Ruiz next week. And uh, I know Eddie's with Josh today. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how that unfolds. It's a, it's a pick em. I mean, Johnny Nelson says a thousand percent. Do you think he's, I mean, do you even think anti-Joshua's 80%, 70%, 60% definitively going to win? I don't know. 
Andy Ruiz is in great shape. He's done it once. He could do it again. Anthony Joshua's in great shape. He really has to win this fight, and uh, he could win it, and he could win it on the outside, and he could win it comfortably, but he could also get knocked out again. It's one of those, so uh, we can't wait. Two wonderful rematches with uh, Luis Ortiz trying to, trying to get Deontay Wilder out of there when he couldn't in the Barclays Center, and then obviously Ruiz and AJ in, uh, in the desert. So uh, lots to look forward to. Well, Adam Smith, I've kept you for long enough, but as always, it's a pleasure to catch up. Thank you for speaking to myself from Boxing Social. No problem at all.